Welcome to the Companion Chapel Everyday Bible Study Podcast. My name is Mike, coming to you from the Great Lakes area of beautiful Ontario, Canada, on this gorgeous Monday, May 31st day, 221. It's the book of Matthew coming up, Matthew chapter 18. This chapter is monumental, man. Don't you dare miss it. And we have a special guest today. You know her. You love her. It's none other than Tammy Lynn with the hyphen. How's it going, Tam? It's going good. It's going just wonderful, I would say. Wonderful. It's a beautiful day outside. It does. It is really nice. And tomorrow is June 1st, and June is my favorite month. There's no other month like June, Tammy. I agree. Well, thank you very much. I'm glad you finally agree with me on one thing. Okay, let's go to Matthew chapter 13. All anxieties and uncertainties. <laughs> Matthew chapter 18. All anxieties and uncertainties stop where biblical literacy starts. The Companion Chapel podcast makes the Bible easy for you to understand and enjoyable for you to follow along. First, please consider your part in the many-membered body of Christ. This is your church. Help glorify, magnify, and broadcast God's saving word. My part, or my our part, is creating this Bible teaching media. Your part consists of getting involved in the church administration with your time or money contributions, managing, marketing, advertising, helping with the website, whatever God-given talent you have, God expects you to use it in the many-membered body of Christ. Companion Chapel is a registered nonprofit ministry. Give it up for God at CompanionChapel.com, Visa, MasterCard, PayPal, or e-transfer to email address CompanionChapel at gmail.com. The Companion Chapel community is located at number 338, Side Road, 28-29, Paisley, Ontario, Canada. Come on out for a Bible study. Come on out. Help build this church. We need labor, construction materials, and just come on out and enjoy yourself here. It's a very nice property, 77 acres right on the Saugine River that the Lord has provided for us and for you. It's God's land. This is God's country, Tammy. Let's get to chapter 18 of the great book of Matthew and verse 1. Tammy, do you want to read verse 1? Sure. At that time, the disciples came to Jesus saying, Who then is greatest in the kingdom of heaven? Then Jesus called a little child to him, set him in the midst of them, and said, Assuredly, I say to you, unless you are converted and become as little children, you will by no means enter the kingdom of heaven. Okay, being converted means turn to God in repentance. And why is he using saying little children? We are all God's children, okay? And when you use Jesus Christ in his supernatural brilliance, uses a little child for an example, when you first become born again, when you first turn to God in repentance, you're like a little child, okay? You can't go there as like an adult, like, that's why it says be born again, because little children aren't jaded and opinionated. They don't have things set in their mind and set in their ways, okay? They're, they're little sponges. It's time to learn. It's time to claim your spot in the many-member body of Christ, and there's a natural order of things. You start by being born again, getting baptized, and getting into the Word, maturing in the Word of God, getting a working knowledge of God. That's what's being said here. It's a great example, like a little child. Don't You can't come up to the Word of God all jaded and opinionated and think you know better and expect to learn the Word of God. You, It, it won't be open for you. Uh, f- verse 4, for whosoever therefore shall humble himself as this little child, the same is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. That's in the many-membered body. Okay, you humble yourself. Like a child is naturally humbled. 
And don't forget, nobody humbles themselves or nobody has humbled themselves like the Lord himself. He humbled himself in all humility for us. He suffered on the cross for us for the glory that will follow after. Verse 5, And so whosoever shall receive one such little child in my name receiveth me. There's the key to that verse there, in my name. Okay, but whosoever shall offend one of these little ones, which believe in me, it were better for him that a millstone were hanged around his neck and that he was drowned in the depth of the sea. You can't sabotage God's word. You can't sit there and wreck God's word and wreck somebody's salvation just because you're jaded or you think you know better or the word of God is not convenient for you. So you want to try and uh, persuade your convenience on other people. Like, be careful what you do with the Word of God. Do not overstep your spot in the many-membered body. You don't, um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? You don't marginalize God's Word in front of somebody that is trying to, uh, to learn God's Word. You don't offend somebody. So you don't go up there and say, like, oh, yeah, the Bible is this and that. It's effort. Someone came up to me and said, the Bible's bunk. And, well, you're offending me. You're not, you're not going to put me back on my heels, but you might put a little child back on their heels because a little child might think, well, actually, you know what, Tammy, you got a good story about that. When you were growing up, you, your household, there was someone in your household that trashed the Bible and you're a little child of God. Right. And the Bible got trashed to you growing up. Uh, daily. Daily, like as if yeah. it had no value, as if it was some stupid mytho mythological thing or, or just uh, it was scrutinized in a negative way, maliciously against God's word, against one of God's children. And I'm sorry to hear that, Tammy, but look at Tammy, what Tammy did. She turned to God in repentance. And here we are now. Right, exactly. Tammy? Okay, so whoever offends that person is in deep doo-doo. And when our Lord Jesus Christ says, it's better if you hang a millstone around your neck, that's like cement shoes. You better put some cement shoes on and jump you know, jump into a, a, a deep water. You know, it's better that you were dead than you go around killing other people, spiritually killing other people. Be careful. Woe unto the world because of offenses. It's going to happen, for it must need be that offenses come. But woe to that man by whom the offenses come. Why is it must need to be that offenses come? Because that's how evil is going to rid itself. It is going to consume itself from within. It's like hatred will eat somebody up inside out. Greed and gluttony will eat you up. And anxieties and fears and worries will eat you up. They'll kill you from inside. And that's what's being said here. I lost my verse, Tammy. Where are we? You are now on eight. Um, verse eight. Uh, more on verse 7. Those who scandalize Christians, the many-membered body, it's the same subject, uh, they will come up against you. Remember, the power of a mocker always lies within accusation, never fact. They'll just say anything the, and let the chips lie where they, where they fall. In other words, they never have a linear progression towards the truth. And the truth is the written word. And that's all there is to it. We're going to get more into that later in this lesson. Verse 8, Wherefore, if thy hand or thy foot offend thee, cut them off and cast them from thee. For it is better for thee to enter into life 
halt or maimed, rather than have two hands, two feet, and cast into the everlasting fire. And if thy eye offend thee, pluck it out and cast it from thee. It is better for thee to enter into life with one eye rather than having two eyes and be cast into hellfire. Okay, so what's being said here? We're supposed to go around and, you know, run a, run a quick cut and cut your hands off and your eyeballs out? No. Your hands is your actions. Okay, your eyes are what lead you to your actions. It's your thoughts and intents. Cut your actions off. Learn to say no to yourself. Have some control uh, in the face of all the vain curiosities of the ways and things of the world. Okay, so that's what that means. If something like, if you're sitting there watching pornography all the time, it's better to pluck your eye out. Like, I'm not talking literally. Just pluck it away from that computer screen. Get away from the screen and... It, it'd be better for you to do that or else you're going to be cast into hellfire. You can't carry things with you into the kingdom of heaven that offend the Lord. God, our Lord Jesus Christ didn't go up on that cross as some sideshow. He will not compromise with evil. He suffered for it, for the glory after, to set up a kingdom of heaven that will not accommodate evil. And you can't have these thought patterns, these actions, these intents. Okay, that's what your hands, your foot is where you walk. Don't walk in heathen ways. Don't look into the heathen ways. And don't have actions. That's your hands into heathen ways. Don't allow, God's not going to allow trouble into his house. And this includes malicious gossip. Let's stay on subject here. And scandalizing God's word. And, you know, like I said, the power of a mocker or a scoffer. Or somebody who just stands back pointing fingers and laughing at Christians or mocking them. You know, they have no truth in them. Like we are supposed to have compassion with them and possibly plant a seed of truth, but don't cast your pearls before swine. Okay, don't be a fool. And don't listen to a fool. Like don't acknowledge the content of what they're saying. Okay, don't, always remember this. Never argue with an idiot. Because an idiot will always beat you by experience. Okay, t verse 10, Tammy, go ahead. Take heed that you do not despise one of these little ones. For I say to you that in heaven, their angels always see the face of my Father who is in heaven. One of the top 10 most comforting verses in the Bible right there. Your angel has your back. Your angel is watching you. And so be careful what you do. You're being watched. We're in these little flesh bodies. The spiritual world is far bigger than we can possibly comprehend. We have an angel. And there it is right there. People say, oh, well, do we each have an angel? Yeah, we have an angel. If you're one of these little ones, you don't want to have a bad angel, you know, rocking your world. You, you want to be one of these little ones that has turned to God, that's been converted to God in repentance. And they will face Father and they will account they will say your account to Father. Your prayers will be heard. Okay, so, and always remember, who are the angels? Well, as soon as we pass this flesh body into the spiritual, we are the angels. And that's a great thread that runs through the Bible that we've taught many times. Verse 11, for the Son of Man, that's Lord Jesus Christ, is come to save that which was lost. There's Jesus Christ's mission. That is the mission of the Bible. That is this, The Bible is the living word. Remember, in the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God, and the word became flesh and dwelt among us. He's our teacher, our rabbi, our master, our wonderful counselor. He is wisdom personified. Wisdom was there in the beginning before the first Adam was formed on the highest part of the dust of the earth, when each and every one of us was created. 
for his joy, for his pleasure, and for his glory. Are you pleasing to God? Be careful. Jesus Christ came to save all of us. You do not discriminate against somebody that walks into the church that is a single mom or somebody that's, a, that's bound in the prison of drugs or sensual lust. You do not discriminate against those people. We're the lost people. We're all lost until we be converted. We be turned to God and all the angels rejoice when someone comes to repentance. You don't judge people. You don't look down at the downtrodden. Jesus Christ came to save those people. You don't look, you don't respect somebody because of the color of their skin, their gender, or their wallet. We are all children of God. We came in with nothing and we leave with our works. So be very careful. Okay, that's a great dire warning. What great verses. Go ahead, Tam. 12. What do you think if a man has a hundred sheep and one of them goes astray, does he not leave the 99 and go to the mountains to seek the one that is straying? So what's being said here, and it clears itself up even more, so I'll just leave it, leave it for now. But always remember biblical numerics are the divine threads, are part of the divine threads that run through the Bible. Remember the threads are God's trademark stamp of validity that run through the Bible, and the divine threads make up the structural fabric of the key of David for understanding. Look at the biblical numerics here. 99 is just short of 100. That's just short of God's elect. He's looking for his elect. 100 in the biblical numerics is God's elect. And if so be that he find it, verily I say unto you, he's looking for his elect, his set-aside ones. That's you, that's me. That's you, Tam, me and you, and everybody that's listening, everybody that's picking up the Bible today. He rejoiceth more of that sheep than of the 99 which went not astray, because we're already there. He loves us. He does not want to see anybody tortured and be going to the hell side. He wants all to come to repentance. He's your loving Father. He set up a place of peace beyond our present comprehension for us. He wants us all to be there. Even so, here's the translating verse. Even so, it is not the will of your Father, which is in heaven, that one of these little ones shall perish. So that's what he's talking about. He is our shepherd. We shall not want another. Psalms 39. He wants us all to come to repentance. We are his sheep. He is our shepherd. He takes care of us. Okay? Moreover, if thy brother shall trespass against thee, go and tell him his fault between thee and him alone. If he shall hear thee, thou hast gained a brother. What this is saying is when somebody does something against you that's wrong, according to God's word, like they rip you off or they gossip against you or, or whatever. There's a million things people do to each other that are just horrible. You go up and say something to them. And if he listens and he says sorry, you accept that sorry and you can you forgive and you consider human frailty. You don't go back and rub his face in it or her face in it or whatever. But if he will not hear thee, then take with thee one or two that in the mouth of two or three witnesses every word may be established. And if he shall neglect to hear them, tell it to the church. But if he neglect to hear the church, 
Let him be as thee, a heathen man and a publican. He's just a damn fool. And when he feels like repenting, accept him back into the church, the true church, the real church of discipline. Not some milk toast, sugar sweet church that just, oh, it's okay, brother. You want to be morally defiled person. You want to have barnyard morals as your habits. Well, it's okay. Come on. You know what? You have to tell them what is right and what is wrong. What is good and what is evil as it's written. You have to tell them the truth for the truth is the great separating force between death and life, heaven and hell. Okay, so there's some good instructions there. We're talking about forgiveness here, so let's stay on subject. And if he shall neglect to hear them, did I read that? Yeah, you're on 18. 18. Verily I say unto you, whosoever you shall bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. And whatsoever you shall loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. Again, I say unto you, that if two of you shall agree on earth as touching one thing, that they shall ask, it shall be done for them of my Father which is in heaven. For where two or three are gathered together in my name, there I am in the midst of them. Now there's a huge lesson here, and I'm just going to go over it. I study the manuscripts heavily before we do these podcasts, and I'm going to translate this, the deep in-depth message here, and I'm just going to translate 17, 18, 19, and 20 for you. And it reads like this. Here is the message being conveyed. Whatsoever shall you bind on earth shall follow you into heaven, and you will be judged accordingly. And whatsoever you shall put off of you while you are here in the flesh on earth shall be put off in heaven. When studying God's word together here on earth in the flesh, and you agree after thoroughly concerning a matter, the truth of the matter will be revealed from none other than the divine grand authority of truth himself, our heavenly father. The truth is bound in heaven. The truth is a great separating force between what is trustworthy and what is evil, what is right and what is wrong, what is good and what is bad, what is morally correct and what is morally corrupt, what is spiritually, ethically, and socially virtuous in God's eyes and what is not. God's word is not written for your convenience. Do you think it was convenient for John the Baptist to get his head chopped off? Do you think it was convenient for our Lord Jesus Christ to suffer for us and get nailed to a cross? The word of God is not convenient for the ways of the heathen people. The word of God is not convenient for the ways and things of the world. As it's written, there are many ways that seemeth right unto mankind, but they lead unto death. Mankind is bound by the perimeters of being human. Mankind has an inconsistent thought pattern that translates into unprincipled opinions, beliefs, and ideologies. God's word never changes. God's, God's word is the only consistent certainty we have. God's words, God's instructions is the great dividing force between life and death. Now, concerning verse 20 here, we simply go back to uh, Matthew chapter 16, verse 19. And I will give unto thee the keys of the kingdom of heaven, and whatsoever thou shalt bind on earth shall be bound in heaven, and whatsoever thou shalt loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. Okay, so what that means is... Um, just hang on. I lost my train of thought for a second there, Timmy. 
Remember, binding and loosening is a Hebrew idiom for exercising authority. We're talking about the truth. We're talking about you bind the truth to you, not the ways and things of the world. You cannot violate the principles of God without consequence. You can't come to the come to Father bound in the ways and things of the world, bounds in, bound in egotism, bound in entitlement, bound in in things of discriminatory nature. You can't be partial towards people. You can't play a one-upmanship towards people. Well, you can't be standing there in front of our Lord Jesus Christ who, with iniquity in your heart, with bias in your heart, with, God forbid, racism in your heart or discrimination or bigotry. You can't be up there with anxiety. Don't bind yourself with anxiety, disdain or hate or discontent or resent. You bind yourself with the love of the Lord Jesus Christ. He is the truth. Again, the truth is the living word. And the living word is the great separating force between right and wrong, good and evil, and heaven and hell. And why does it say, where two or three are gathered together in my name, I'll be in the midst of them. That's where Lord Jesus Christ will be there. He gives you the keys as it's written. The keys to unlock the scriptures is none other than the key of David. And the key of David is made up of the threads that run through the Bible. It is the living word. It is the structural fabric that makes up the key of David that will open up the truth for you. And it is your only certainty. It is your only relief. You have to have belief to have relief. You have to understand to stand. You have to trust the Lord or you won't be trusted. You have to walk it and you have to talk it. Okay, Tammy, wasn't that just a great thing? Go to 21. Then Peter came to him and said, Lord, how often shall my brother sin against me and I forgive him? Up to seven times. Jesus said to him, I do not say to you up to seven times, but up to seven, 70 times seven. That's 490 times. Now, your answer for this is the entire book of Proverbs. Okay, so someone comes up to you and, and sins against you seven times. It's like after the first time, it's like, okay, you know, whatever, buddy. Second time, it's like, okay, enough. Seven times, it's like, okay, you're, you're getting into the perimeters of being a fool. Like, don't accommodate a fool. And 490 times, if someone sins against you 490 times, like, what, like what's your problem, man? Don't be a dum-dum. Refer to the book of Proverbs, okay? It talks about fools. It talks about human behavior. But we're talking about forgiveness here. You forgive and consider human frailty, but you don't be a fool. Christians aren't doormats. Like, we're meek, but we're strong. We're meek as in strong in self-discipline. We know how to say no to ourselves. And know how to say no to others when they approach you with the vain curiosities of the ways and things of the world, with the offenses of the world. Jesus Christ just said, offenses will come to you. Be ready for it. You have to wear the gospel armor to defend yourself. No one should sin against you 490 times or even seven times. Like as soon as you spot somebody, hey, they're no good. You're going to let them in your house first time. Hey, something went missing. Second time, uh, yeah, uh, did you take something? God will probably say no. And then uh, you turn your back, they leave, something's missing again. Are you going to do that seven times? Are you going to do that 490 times? When you see him coming up your driveway, say, look, man, drift. Unless he says sorry and brings your stuff back and means it, 
Drift, man. Get out of here. Don't cast your pearls before, before swine. You have to wait till they are ready. You can't force somebody to be ready to repent. You can't force love. You can't force repentance. It has to come from the heart. It's an individual thing, okay? Therefore, the kingdom of heaven is likened unto a certain king, which would take account of his servants. And remember, our Lord Jesus Christ is the king of kings, and he takes account of our servants. What's in your account right now? Watch it. He's watching us. There's nothing hid that shall not be revealed in real time. He knows your thoughts and intents. Hebrews chapter 4, Psalms 139. He knows your thoughts and intents in real time. And when he had begun to reckon, one was brought unto him, which owed him 10,000 talents. That's a lot. Excuse me. That's like 750 ounces of gold or silver, I should say. For as much as he had not to pay, Lord commanded him to be sold and his wife and his children, all that he had and payment to be made. The servant therefore fell down and worshiped him saying, Lord, have patience with me. I will pay thee all. Our Lord Jesus Christ paid the price and you must know how to claim it. That's your inheritance. He's the kinsman redeemer. Okay, this guy fell down and worshiped. Now think the deeper lesson here. He worshiped the Lord. He worshiped God. Okay, but we're using an analogy of everyday situations here. So watch this. Okay, but the same servant went out and found one of his fellow servants. He had been forgiven. Okay, because he meant it. He felt it. There was compassion there. There was love beyond our present comprehension. He suffered for your glory, for our glory. We glory the Lord and we dwell within his glory upon repentance. He paid the price. We can't pay the price. None of us were worthy to pay for our fall. Jesus Christ is the only one worthy. So just carry that into here. Now watch this. The same servant went out and found one of his fellow servants, which owed him a hundred pence. Hey, you owe me money. And he laid his hands on him. He went and grabbed him and took him by the throat. Ooh, that's a heavy uh, jiu-jitsu hold there. Saying, pay me that thou owest. You pay now. 29, and his fellow servant fell down at his feet and besought him, saying, Have patience with me, and I will pay thee. He repented. But this hypocrite, look what he did. And he went, and he would not, and went and cast him into prison till he shall pay his debt. What a hypocrite. He, he, he's a play actor. He doesn't walk it. He doesn't talk it. God forgives. Why can't you, people? Why can't human beings forgive human beings and consider human frailty? God will never rub your sin back in your face. He puts it behind him. It has no value once you repent. So when somebody sins against you, you watch that person. You watch them carefully. But if they repent, if they say sorry and mean it, then you never rub their face in it again. That's tit for tat. That's division. That's trouble. That's conflict. Now that you remember in 2000, whatever, what you did. Yeah, that was a long time ago, man. I said, oh, sorry. Yeah, but, uh, you know, carry on and just dwell on it and fret away about it. You know what? Those attitudes aren't allowed in the kingdom of heaven. Imagine if we were up in heaven and we saw somebody, hey, hey, you, you owe me money. And you go put a chokehold on him. And, you know, what's Jesus Christ going to do? Well, he's gonna, he's, the door's going to hit your butt on the way out. That's all there is to it. Depart from me, I never knew you. So here's the lesson. So when his fellow servants saw what was done, they were very sorry and came and told unto their Lord that was done. 
Then his Lord, after all that he had called him, said unto him, O thou wicked servant, I forgave thee all the debt. Jesus Christ forgives. But thou desirest me. Shouldest not thou also have compassion on thy fellow servant, even as I had pity on thee? You have compassion on other people. You consider human frailty. You look at others with the love of compassion. You look at others through God's eyes. You never let society tell you what is beautiful and what is not, what has value and what is not. You let God tell you those things. As the Lord was wroth and delivered him unto the tormentors, this guy landed his butt in hell because he couldn't get over himself till he should pay all that was due to him. How do you pay that price? You have to let it all go, man. It has no value. In fact, we teach here it has a negative value. It's going to land your butt in hell. In fact, it'll eat you up from inside, and it is death. It's like, have you ever felt jealousy? Who hasn't? Have you ever been angry at somebody? And just the way it burns you up inside, and hate will burn you up inside. That's what evil does. Evil's going to burn itself out in hell. That's what the lake of fire is. We don't want to see anybody there. And certainly don't put yourself there. Okay? Verse 35, to wrap it up, Tammy, you want to read it? So my heavenly Father also will do to you if each of you from his heart does not forgive his brother his trespasses. Yeah, they must repent, mark their type, and never allow it to happen to you again. Father forgives, God forgives, Jesus Christ forgave on the cross. These guys were nailing railroad spikes through his hands and they hung them up there and he says, forgive them for they know not what they do. Okay, that means they can repent. I don't know about those guys that did that, but yeah, they can repent. But always consider human frailty. Isn't that just the greatest thing? We taught about love, compassion, and forgiveness. And what greater value is there than any of those things, Tammy? There isn't any greater value or anything with a greater value. But I have a question. Yes, Tammy? What is it that I did that you continually bring up? You mentioned it yesterday, and I said, when are you ever going to let that go? And you said, never. What? What is it? I can't remember. Well, you have I'm... a story, and it's only half in your head. <laughs> like, like, consider human frailty. God forgives and forgets. No, All right? it was something good. I can't remember what it was. Well, you know what's almost... what's What comes close to value in forgiveness and love and compassion would be a great cheese omelet right now, Tammy. I don't know if you can hook me up with that. There's no know. cheese Mark, here and Mark there's no eggs and there's no mushrooms. <laughs> well, anyways, I hope you're enjoying these podcasts. This is the Companion Chapel. My name is Mike. This is Tammy Lynn. Don't forget the hyphen. And we're our, we're, we are your servants. We serve the Lord. We serve you. Please provide for your servants. It takes us about eight hours a day to make these podcasts. And... On top of that, we're trying to build this church. If you can come out and help us here with your labor, your time, construction materials, do you got an excavator, do you got a hammer, anything you got, come on out and be part of the Companion Chapel community out here. Number 338, Side Road 28-29, Paisley, Ontario, Canada, right by off the Lakes of Shake Huron. What? <laughs> right beside the shores of Lake Huron, right on the Saugeen River here. It's a gorgeous 77 acre property you can reach us through the companionchapel.com the podcasts are there just press the podcast button help us out with that website because we don't have internet here 
We don't have electricity here. We don't have running water. We gave up all the ways and things of the world to serve you, to serve the Lord. And we are never been happier in our lives. It'd be nice to have a nice shower. <laughs> oh my, I had the coldest shower I've ever had in my life the other day. I've been bathing in the river since there was still ice on it. But anyways... Come on out, Companion Chapel. You can reach us at the Companion Chapel Gmail. That's companionchapelgmail.com or support at companionchapel.com. And I want to thank you very much for listening. Please promote this podcast. Help glorify, magnify, and broadcast God's saving words. Share this podcast. But first and, for- first and foremost, enjoy the podcast. I want to thank you very much for listening. Have yourselves a great day and bye for now.